Catch us on the web at english.rti.org.tw. Thank you so much for joining us here today at Radio Taiwan International. I'm Andrew Ryan coming to you from Taipei, Taiwan. Today we're going to start off with uh, here in Taiwan in just a moment. And a little bit later on in the hour, we're going to have hashtag with Leslie Liao. He's written a little note for me. It says, feels a lot like love. Apparently this whole episode has something to do with poetry. Oh no, Leslie is going to be a poet in today's hashtag Taiwan. Uh, also, later on after that, we'll have status update with John and Shirley and a little bit of interaction with you, the listener. But again, first up today, here in Taiwan. Today is Tuesday, August 11th, and you're listening to Here in Taiwan on Radio Taiwan International. In the studio today, we have Leslie Liao. What up? I'm looking forward to your poetry. Uh, you, I don't want to let you down. <laughs> <laughs> we also have Catherine Wei. Hi. How are you doing today? Good. Busy day. Busy day. She went to a... Uh, Press conference yesterday, which we're going to tell you all about. Mm -hmm. um, it's been a couple busy days, really. Yeah. Um, and uh, we're also going to tell you about Leslie's run over the weekend. You ran 9K. I did. Wow. It was a first painful. for you, a first for the world. Yeah. <laughs> I still feel it. Like, I still feel the 9K. Oh, no. So we're going to tell you a little bit about that. We also have this massive... Um, I guess group of tests that's going on in a central Taiwan uh, county or city in Zhanghua County. Yeah, county, and uh, they are COVID nineteen tests. Apparently, some of them are coming back positive. This is antibody tests. We'll tell you a little bit about that. And uh, interesting, Uber Eats delivery guy challenges himself to twenty four hours of nonstop delivery. That sounds like a terrible idea but of course we're going to tell you all about it later on in today's here in taiwan don't go away All right, first things first, uh, we had a major visit by a top-ranking U.S. official. This is the U.S. Secretary of Health and Human Services, Alex Azar. He was the highest-ranking U.S. official to come to Taiwan since the two sides broke ties in 1979. Uh, and he's the first cabinet official to come in six years. The last one was the EPA chief, Gina uh, McCarthy. McCarthy. <laughs> uh, now, you actually were at a press conference on Monday afternoon, Kat, and you were mm -hmm. there uh, to, I guess, watch as they signed a memorandum of understanding, an MOU. Mm -hmm. uh, and this was Azar signing it with his Taiwanese counterpart, uh, Health Minister Chen Shizhong. Right. Well, tell us about the press conference from when you got there to what happened. I'm assuming everyone was wearing masks. They were. They were. So actually, it started like pretty early for me in the morning. Monday morning, I was crossing the street to get to RTI. And then right when I was in the middle of the street, I, I was jaywalking. Uh-oh. 
Yeah, and then I spotted the police too late. Oh no! So I got to the other side, looked the police in the eye, and then <laughs> they drove past me, and I saw like just a lot of police cars and a lot of fancy cars, and then I realized, oh, it was Azar himself. Oh, so you tr- Jay walked in front of Azar? Mm-hmm, I did. That is my claim to fame. And you should thank him <laughs> because it's probably because uh, he was important that the police uh, didn't have time for you and your jaywalking. Exactly. I was very relieved. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of hilarious. Um, now, you could tell it was his uh, delegation, too, I'm sure, because they probably had a lot of big cars, some mm-hmm. uh, some flashing lights, maybe. Yeah. Do you see any American flags? I did not. But the first... Actually, you know, we do have uh, quite a few representatives from a few other countries in, in Taiwan right now. Yes. It could have been somebody else, but AIT is not too far away. I do want to say, though, that I think that AIT, because it's not a an embassy, so I don't think they actually fly the American flag on their cars. Right. It just had a car that had one of the MOFA um, plates. Oh, oh, yeah. That was the first car. And then a bunch of very fancy cars, tinted windows, mm-hmm. and a few more police cars at the end. I always look for the license plate that have the Y on it. Yeah, that was yeah. the first car. Uh, the little yellow part that said Y. Which that's is like foreign, That's right? an AIT car. That's an AIT yeah, car, that's probably. that's an AIT, AIT car. It could, be, it could be any of the ambassadors, or though, too, right? Or any uh, of the representatives? Any number of them, yeah. But hmm. presumably, the direction we know that AIT is in Nehu, not far from the radio state. Well, not close, but in that direction. It's yeah. not that far away anymore, yeah. So, <laughs> so you had a brush with him uh, in the morning, right? And when I got to the um, the press conference, there were so many people outside. Everyone was wearing a mask. I was very impressed. Like nobody was trying to sneak by without a mask on. Mm-hmm. Not even the pedestrians. Okay, and this yeah. is uh, it was at the CECC, the mm-hmm. Central Epidemic Command Center. Yes, where Chen Shizhong has his um, COVID nineteen press conferences. Okay, it used to be every day. It used to be every day, every uh, every weekday. Um, they've mm-hmm. uh, since then they've made it to every Wednesday. Wednesday. Although he's been pretty busy lately, he's been coming out on Sundays and like random days in the week whenever there's some big mm. COVID nineteen news related. We've item. had more cases in the past couple of weeks. Mm, a mm. lot of people returning from overseas. Mm. Um, there have also been some scares with people leaving Taiwan, going to other countries, and then testing positive when they arrive there. Yes, right. Which has, uh, I guess, raised concerns that there may be some level of community outbreak. You good? Mm-hmm. Go ahead and cough if you need to. <laughs> nope, that wasn't a cough. <laughs> I kind of want to leave this in the show because <laughs> we're talking about COVID-19. <laughs> um, and actually, in a moment, we're going to bounce over to uh, Leslie, who's going to tell us about that study um, yes. that is related to COVID-19 antibody tests. But I want to know a little bit more about the actual press conference. Did they have any other, um, I guess, pandemic prevention measures in place in there? Because uh, I know that the U.S. Secretary of Health and Human Services, he wouldn't have undergone quarantine after his international flight. He didn't. Uh, he got here on Sunday, I believe. Mm-hmm. And the press conference was Monday. So, right. There was one, just one thing. Um, I don't think they took our temperatures when we when we went in. Okay. So, because everyone was in a rush, but so, so it was just the mask. And then I get there and I'm very used to these uh, CCC press conferences. They're is usually no divider between all of the officials speaking. Mm-hmm. But today there were, oh, on Monday there were. 
um, yeah, three plastic dividers because Azar didn't go through quarantine and everyone is low-key terrified. <laughs> low-key terrified. <laughs> low-key terrified. Yeah, I remember the very first day when they, because they, they used to have the plastic dividers, the plexiglass dividers between the officials, and then they took them down and said, you know, if you're a safe distance apart, you know, we've already entered a new phase mm-hmm. in epidemic prevention. And then actually the officials took their masks off as well. No, wait, they took the masks off and then they had the plastic dividers. Mm. And then if you have the masks on, then they didn't have them, something like that. Yeah. yeah so now it's both masks and plexiglass dividers. Uh-huh. And Chen Shizong said if, like, they warned the journalists not to rush up to them, not to, like, push for photos. You have mm. to sit down, even the photographers. Mm-hmm. And if you rush up to the podium or the stage, you will be put in quarantine for 14 days. Oh, Whoa. that's a great way to keep everybody <laughs> in their seats, huh? I loved it. Wow. And so everybody was pretty well behaved then. Mm-hmm. No, Very like so. We were all glued to our seats. No scrum, as they say, like a rugby scrum to like <laughs> get, <laughs> get the uh, get the officials laying down the law. Uh, and what do we learn at this uh, press conference? They they actually signed the MOU, a memorandum of understanding to mm-hmm. cooperate in the area of health. Uh, seems like health a very and public health. health. <laughs> yeah, that that was the wording. Super broad. Um, very broad. That was my main issue or my main question. Yeah, like, because it's so broad. I understand that this is. Just further establishing how we have friendly relations with the U.S. and um, especially about COVID-19 prevention mm-hmm. and how they can learn from Taiwan, which has been the conversation um, Taiwan has been having with many countries. But aside from that, uh, it felt like a, a kind gesture, a good, a nice gesture, but nothing really new came out of it. Mm. Mm. So almost it's more like kind of like the optics were perhaps even more important than the substance of the visit mm-hmm. in some ways. I noticed like, you know, on Sunday, I think it was Sunday when the plane landed, people mm-hmm. on Twitter were all sharing photos of the United States of America plane mm-hmm. with the livery that's very similar to Air Force One. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, it's not Air Force One because the president wasn't on board. Uh, and it was also a much smaller airplane because yes. it landed in Taipei City at the Songshan Airport, which is right in the heart of the city. Um, whereas most major international flights will land in Taoyuan, which is a you know bigger airport, more runway space, yeah. um, a little farther out of the city. Um, so I think that just the the visuals of seeing that plane on the airport runway in the middle of Taipei were pretty striking. Um, I saw one really cool photo that showed. Um, the tails of two planes. One was the U.S. plane with the American flag on it, and the other one was a, a Taiwan official Taiwan plane with a Taiwan flag on it, oh. just kind of crisscrossed. Mm-hmm. It's a cool photo. It's something that I have never actually seen before. How'd they get the that? money shot? I had money shot totally. I don't know how they got that. It must have been just somebody with a keen lens and a keen eye that caught it at just the right time mm. as it was taxiing in. Wow. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens in terms of this MOU that was signed uh, on Monday and to see how ties further develop and whether or not it's uh, more substantive um, than we you know, have the details for now. Uh, Leslie, let's bounce over to you uh, in this little test they're doing in Zhanghua yeah. in central Taiwan. Apparently, they're testing 10,000 people for antibodies for COVID-19. Is that correct? Yes. So uh, actually it's 3,000 and this is actually carried out by uh, the National Taiwan University and they're doing large-scale testing and that means it's just anybody can go and do it. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, what they're looking for is they're looking for antibodies. Now, you know that we've, in Taiwan at least, have contained the, the coronavirus pretty well. However, some of these tests are coming back positive. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, when they come back positive, that means people already had the disease and they have the antibodies for it. So either they were asymptomatic or something else like they were saying maybe maybe they hadn't gotten it they or they didn't like they were in the hospital hospital they kind of maybe locked themselves in the house anyway we don't know how many tests are coming back positive they say that the full results will be disclosed on august 25th which is two weeks from now i i sorry i just want to say i think i'm pretty sure it's ten thousand people but they have only uh tested a certain number of people we only have the result i guess preliminary results for three thousand people is that gotcha. correct okay okay yeah so i mean what are they saying like what's what is they're wh- saying health officials obviously they don't want people to freak out they're saying this is actually this could be a good thing because it could help us determine the true rate of infection that's what the antibody testing is um he says the po- the existence of positive cases is potentially good news and that's coming from the public health bureau's director and he said there are already neutralizing antibodies which defend a cell's pathogen so basically the antibodies are is kind of circulating so these are people who may have been symptomless uh they may have gotten COVID 19 yes but presumably they would not have necessarily spread it to a lot of other people who then got very sick yeah. maybe they spread it to people who like them were also symptomless which actually would be kind of nice if everybody got it, but nobody had symptoms. Then we all had the antibodies. I mean, that's... Wishful thinking. This is the ideal, though, right? That would be the ideal situation. And all these people are people who have um, high risk for Mm -hmm. uh, getting COVID-19. These are people who came in contact with um, people who had it. These are medical workers. These are... Um, you know, not not the average person. It's it's actually people who have a history that make them more susceptible to getting COVID nineteen. Mm-hmm. You know, actually, I think it's great that they're finally testing people because in Taiwan we did so well with COVID nineteen and you know keeping the pandemic you know under lock that we never really did that many tests per we, capita. We did a lot of tests, but not right. as many tests as a lot of other countries. Um, that were much harder hit by the pandemic. Yeah. I think what it really is, is just that, uh, you know, we have seen cases of people leaving Taiwan and testing positive in other countries, Japan, Thailand. And um, I think one health official said, like, it's very wishful thinking to think that, like, there's nothing. Mm. There's absolutely nothing. But the thing is, we've gotten lucky in those cases where they have detected COVID-19. They are weak right Mm -hmm. it's not a very strong case of COVID-19 because I really don't think that we could be living the way we do in Taiwan and not notice if there really was an outbreak or of something Mm. you know yeah it's too small of an island yeah I you know and it's so tightly packed too I really think that if people were spreading it in a community infection um, and it was really dangerous and people were going to the hospital we would definitely know about it yeah so if people are spreading it, it's symptomless, you know, people are recovering quickly and maybe don't even know that they had it. Yeah. Again, that actually doesn't sound like a terrible thing. And this, you know, comes from a group of people who 
originally we were thinking if we keep it to zero, that's what we want. That yeah. is the goal. But actually the goal I think we're starting to realize is not keeping it at zero. It's finding a way to have it, but manage it. Yeah. Mm. Because we can't stay locked down and kind of separate and isolated from the rest of the world forever. Well, that's the theory of like, uh, what's it called? Flattening the curve, right? Because the curve, flattening the curve, that theory is saying, well, it's kind of inevitable or at least infections are inevitable. But what you have to do is you have to spread it out over a longer period of time so you don't mm. overload the medical system. Right. And but I think that the, the crazy thing about Taiwan is that we realized we could destroy the curve. <laughs> yeah. And so then everybody became like, well, that's the goal is to just like not have it at all. But again, if you don't have it at all, that means like closing your borders. That means no travel. That means yeah. people aren't seeing their families or doing business, you know. And so now we're faced with the kind of the next path being like, how do we open up again? And of course, there are going to be cases that come about because Taiwan reopens. And then, of course, these, you know, these officials who've done a great job so far and have been lauded they're going to be facing a lot of fire for it. That's right. Again. Mm. So I feel kind of bad for these people, like knowing like the you know, health minister, they're going to, they're going to be facing, they're going to be in front of the uh, firing range again. Once, you know, Taiwan starts to test its ability to open its borders. But I think tests like this one you're talking about in Zhanghua are really a smart thing to do. And the, the inevitable important next step well they're saying yeah that's the that's the only way you can really determine the true rate of infection right? otherwise you just don't know well it's different all over the place it's different in the u.s than it is in taiwan and mm. you know another any other number of reasons right so our next date that we're looking at is august 25th yes okay so once we have more information about this of course we'll be sharing it with you in a future edition of here in taiwan okie dokie All right, Catherine, tell us about the Uber Eats delivery guy who <laughs> challenged himself to 24 hours of nonstop delivery. That sounds crazy. That right. sounds insane. So he started um, at 4 a.m. in the morning one day. Okay. Uh, from a night market. Uh, Ugh. Yeah, apparently the night market is open until 4. Okay. Well, that is a night market. That is a night market. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this would have been, I'm guessing, over the weekend, last weekend? Because uh, when else would the night market be open until 4 a.m., right? <laughs> he made a he made a vlog about it. I actually didn't check what, what day it was, but... Mm. Uh, so what happened during his little 24-hour uh, uh, experience? Everything happened. He said within the <laughs> maybe happened. yeah, there was a downpour. His um, phone charger did it did blow up, but it like didn't stop working. Oh no! And that's a problem because like they track their next delivery mm -hmm. with their phones, yeah, mounted on their bikes. Yeah, mm -hmm. okay. Oh yeah, he had a scooter, but and mm. so just like these little incidents kept happening. So he had to go take a break in a Seven Eleven. He just oh. put his head down on one of those tables they had and mm. just napped for a bit. So it wasn't like twenty four hours nonstop, but he tried. Yeah. Yeah. Did he live stream the thing or what? Or was up? Uh, no, he didn't live stream it. He like I think he was filming himself on on his scooter oh. and then he made a vlog from it. But. Oh. So over 24 hours, he had 68 orders, 68 Ooh, deliveries. That's a lot. And how much did he make? Yeah. Get, you want to guess how much he yeah, made? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, did he make about, I want to say maybe 100 NT in order, like 6,000, 7,000? 
No. Ten thousand. I think it's more about like forty the delivery fee. But oh. then again, you also you can also tip on Uber Eats. Yeah, we don't so, tip. So yeah. well, they do. Like that's there's an option there. Yeah. I, but the culture but here. Is, oh, yeah. So Andrew's at wait, what did you say? Seven thousand. That's six thousand. What are you? Yeah, I say about three thousand. Okay, yeah, it's right in between. It's uh four thousand and eight hundred dollars. Oh wow. So how much is that U.S.? That's about a uh, hundred and four thousand eight hundred. Yeah, about a hundred and thirty, a hundred and forty-four. I want to say. Is <laughs> it four thousand eight hundred? Yes. Uh, divided by uh, come on thirty-one thousand forty-four. A uh, hundred and sixty U.S. dollars. Oh wow. Yeah. Mm. Twenty-four hours. Hmm. Not worth it. Not worth it. He yeah. He said <laughs> this is if you divide it by. 24 it's not much higher than the the minimum wage minimum mm. hourly wage here yeah oh so. so i wonder if you would actually have made more money if you split into two days Maybe. like two 12-hour days and you'd feel better like it'd you'd be something you do after work quality of life mm. yeah also i was just thinking it was so dangerous if he was on a scooter and, and sleep deprived yeah super yeah. dangerous so we would not recommend trying this at home nope just yeah. to see no, don't do these challenges. <laughs> don't do them. Don't do them. So one challenge that you might try is a challenge that um, Leslie tried over the weekend, and that was a 9K run. That's like a quarter marathon, no? I think so. Like half marathon's 21. Mm. So full one's 42. Yeah, full. No, it's, it's a, uh, a, little, a, quarter, a little under a quarter. A little under a quarter. Do you think you could have done what you did like times four? Ah, no way. <laughs> there was no way that's going to happen. But um, it's interesting because this was the this is a National Geographic run. Uh-huh. And it's oh. the first like kind of marathon in the world since the pandemic started. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wait, did they have a marathon compo- component? There's a half marathon component. Okay. So it's like 4K, 9K, and then 21K. Nuts. Mm. And I don't know if you can have a full marathon in Taipei because like the there's no like route that people can take that would be... Well, Leslie, Perfectly. they do have the International Taipei Marathon, so I'm sure they do it. Okay, I'm pretty sure you <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, there's one that takes you up and down 101. Yeah, well, oh, the stairs. Yeah, I've yeah. done that one. Have you done that one? I've climbed it. Yeah, was it fine? It was. Uh, let's just say that my legs did not thank me. Oh, uh, no. took me a while. Took me the. I guess the record was like thirteen minutes or something crazy. What? The running up. Yeah. Who? Some what? Australian guy that does human it. Person. Yeah, he does it like a, for a living. Legs are not thanking me right now. No, it took me was like forty minutes. Is that why you've been groaning all day? Kind of. Have I been oh. groaning all day? Well, oh. you were walking behind me and you were just kind of grunting. And I was like, what? <laughs> Should I ask him if he's is okay? That not, is that not normal? <laughs> I feel like that might be normal. Wait, for you? Do you yeah. normally grunt when you're walking behind people? I, I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that might be something I'm just like not thinking about all the time. Like, oh. Don't not grunt. Don't not grunt. Interesting. <laughs> um, so this was on what day? Was it, it was, Saturday? It was on Sunday. Sunday. And I had to wake up at like four in the morning oh, God. and the the gun time which is like when you start is six six in the morning mm. okay and where did it start it started at the presidential office and it took me very similar route to what i take to work and while i was running along the highway that we i usually take to work i was just like oh my god is it usually this long that's funny like why is it so long and then it do you g- have new appreciation for your car i do i love <laughs> my car now and um when i trained i did it on a treadmill so 
and like on a treadmill you control your pace yeah i could not control my pace so when, when my phone was just like you are at kilometer one your current pace is 522 and i was like i'm going way too fast yeah 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 and then there's like elevation oh I was not ready for that <sighs> Oof, but caps. it was interesting like over ten thousand people were there Really? 10,000 people participated. And this was unmasked, right? It was unmasked. Well, you had to mask before, like, uh, when you were getting ready and okay. checking your bag in. But, like, when you were Actually running, running, yeah, you can't have a mask there. Okay. A lot of people. No social distancing? No, unfortunately. Wow. Okay. Well, it's good to know that uh, things are under control here in Taiwan. Um, were you happy with your... Uh your time? I, w- I was actually very happy with my time. I, s- I finished 773 out of 8,000 people in the 9K. Whoa. So it was like top 10%, which is... Good for you. I'll take it. Dang, you know? that's amazing. I'll take it. Fantastic. How long did it take? 51 like minutes. 50, uh, that's that's pretty good. I, mm. yeah. I don't even know. Yeah. Actually, I wouldn't know either, but it sounds good to me. Thank <laughs> you. I'll take it. Well, thank you so much for joining us for this edition of Here in Taiwan. I'm Andrew Ryan. I'm Leslie Liao. And I'm Catherine Wei. We'll see you soon. Welcome to Hashtag Taiwan. I'm your host, Leslie Liao. In this week's hashtag, we're going to be taking a look at a viral online trend in Taiwan right now. It's all over social media, and people use it in the form of hashtags. And they actually add five certain Chinese words at the end of their social media posts. What's the reason for this? Well, somebody online said that if you add these five words to the end of your posts on social media, then you turn whatever you say into poetry. Now, this started out for me as something that my friends were doing. I started seeing this phrase everywhere, and I didn't know why until someone pointed out that it was actually a social media trend. So if you have a lot of friends on social media in Taiwan and you see them using these five words and you want to find out why, then don't go away because the explanation is coming up next on Hashtag Taiwan. Don't go away. This week on Hashtag Taiwan, I want to talk to you about Chinese poetry. Oh boy, here we go. Let's talk about some stuff I barely know anything about. Anyway, Chinese poetry is a respected art form. For example, one of the poems I learned when I was in school in Taiwan goes like this. What on earth does that mean? It literally translates into Sunlight moves along the mountain range. The yellow river flows into the sea. If you want to find a more beautiful view, then you have to go higher. What's the meaning there? I don't know, something about expanding your horizons and moving upwards either figuratively or literally? This is just one of many Tang Dynasty poems that I had to memorize as a teenager in Taiwan. Can I still cite it from memory? Yes. Does it benefit me now? Not really. Why did I have to memorize it? Because my teacher said so. Why did she make us memorize it? Because Taiwan takes its poetry seriously. Enter Su San Mao. He's an up-and-coming Taiwanese director who creates a lot of music videos and commercials in Taiwan. He inadvertently started a viral trend in Taiwan. Let me explain. Susan Mao made a post on Facebook where he said he could teach anyone to write a poem. How do you do it? Step 1. Write whatever you want. Step 2. End with 像极了爱情. Step 3. 
you're done. Chinese lesson time, you guys. Xiangjiang means feels a lot like love. So I guess I underestimated the number of people in Taiwan who want to be poets. Everyone and their mothers started using Xiangjiang in their social media posts. You had the interior ministry, the finance ministry, the health ministry, the coast guard, police stations, politicians, pop musicians, airlines, bookstores, all getting in on this trend. Nearly everyone in Taiwan is ending their social media posts with Xiangjiang. Driving your car, Xiangjiang. Eating dinner, Xiangjiang. Reading a book, Xiangjiang. Warning people about an upcoming typhoon, Xiangjiang. What is love? have this doctor over here trying to warn people about chronic hives using Xiangjiang. Anyway, let me give this a try. Hashtag is the best. Leslie is the best. Xiangjiang. Oh yeah, you bet that feels a lot like love. Huh, look at that. I'm a poet and I didn't even know it. And that was this week's Hashtag Taiwan. I do very much hope that you did enjoy this week's show. And if you did, don't forget to drop me a line at www.facebook.com slash Taiwan Insider or facebook.com slash Radio Taiwan International. You can send us a message to our inbox and I will check that inbox. If you have any suggestions, comments, or feedback, I'd be more than happy to hear it. Anyway, until next time, stay happy, stay healthy, and stay safe. I'll see you again soon. country. This is the sound of Taiwan. Taiwan, a small island with a whole world of sounds. This is Status Update. Welcome to Status Update. I'm Shirley Lin. I'm John Van Trieste. All right, so we're going to be getting to your letters. We always love to hear from you, just what you think about our programs, and then you jot them down in a letter, and we read them on air. But before we do that, though, we're going to update our personal status here. So how are you feeling, John? Hmm, anxious. Anxious. Oh, whoa, it's your turn to be anxious. Well, I'm always anxious, so that's nothing new. But... So am I. Um... Yeah, anxious about... What? Well, you've seen, um, I guess, the news these past few days, or maybe about I think a week it's been now. It's been a week now. Yeah. Um, of people who uh, were in Taiwan for a long period of time, then went back to whatever country that they were from, and then got COVID nineteen, like on arrival. Right. And it's unclear where they got it from. Right. One of them, they're saying, or they'd said last week, uh, was likely infected somewhere in Taipei, but we haven't had any confirmed domestic cases in a really long time. They're all people coming in and getting tested at the airport or when they're in quarantine. Mm-hmm. So uh, where yeah. are these cases coming from? Is a bit... Well, first we need to clarify, not every confirmed cases for the past week have been like, um, how should I say it? suspicion that maybe um, 
that there is like you know that that the disease is spreading within Taiwan. Yeah, no one's okay. saying that, but it it um, it also I don't think they quite know yet how yeah, how all these people. I mean, I don't know. A lot, the contacts have been negative, but it just is like, ooh, could it be around the corner? I don't know. Yeah, we've got, I we've know. we've dodged the bullet so far, but yes. Uh, Yes, I, I have to admit that I, I'm a little bit anxious too, a little bit concerned. Um, either that, you know, the authorities are not, they're being very cautious. Yeah, Maybe absolutely. they've already discovered whatever the root to this matter is, but they're being very cautious about how to make it public. Well, or, or that they haven't really collected enough data to really confirm. So far, um, their there's again, thought. they've said that there's no local connections that they found yet so but to yeah. be but local governments though meanwhile like uh taipei for instance are now mandating that you wear masks on the yeah. subway which i do anyway just yes. because people are can be gross on the subway well you know what it was funny because i think previously before now you know this past week now they're requiring, requiring us to wear them on the subway system but before it was um that they say that when you enter the subway system you have to put on a mask but then once you enter you can choose to take it off if you can maintain, uh, maintain social, social distancing which when can when has that which, ever been possible I, I know and also i don't think anybody dare to take off the mask because no, you no get all did. these stares right yeah, yeah 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 so but now they're back to saying you must it's wear your mandatory. mask through the throughout the whole time that you're on the subway yeah i i yeah i'm a little concerned i like but, the caution i like the caution yes, i don't yes. get me wrong but it also is like i really hope that this uh stays the way that it is that we can still go about our lives because we've yeah. been very lucky. I know. Um, could it be that because there are people who are asymptomatic? I don't and know. So they pass it to whoever this person was. It's uh, well, right? I guess better, That's better not to also, think about these things. Oh, <laughs> yeah, but, but it is at the back of your you mind. You can be sure that there are some who are asymptomatic. But anyway, you know, yeah, you know, in my, in fact, I think my in-laws, um, all the time they've been, um, you know, ever since the pandemic started. And they've been wearing the mask, you know, wherever they went, even out in public and anywhere and everywhere. And and they get a little upset that they don't they don't see everybody wearing masks, you know, for the past few times when yeah. we've been, con you know, when we felt that the pandemic is contained. It's especially important because uh, we, we've also reported about what's being called revenge tourism here, which is kind of a odd term. But <sighs> basically, it means that uh, people who were sort of cooped up for a long time when they were first sorting this out. Now that the pandemic is under control, they they all go to a small number of tourist spots, hot spots, all at once. So it's mm. like a pouring in of people, and of course it's summer vacation too, and yeah, you can't go abroad. Too. So it's even worse than it would be crowding wise than normally. So it's just I think really important that people wear masks yeah. in those situations. You know but. the um, the 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 epidemic command center had been you know wary about this because we're, we they kept saying that. You know, we're doing good, we're doing good, but please don't lax don't, yeah. Yeah, restrictions. Don't and mess don't it mess, up. Yeah, don't, don't lax all the practices. That he, they know, I mean, that's how human nature is, you know? Right, right. We and, get a little um, complacent. I have to admit, I am too, you know? I, I feel suffocating wearing my mask, so whenever I don't have to, like out in public and... And they're not really required to wear so, it in the in the office now, the one, except that we get our temperatures still taken. Right. Yeah. But the what? Well, if you don't, if you're asymptomatic, that doesn't really help. Uh, much. But, yeah. Um, yeah. 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 The the one, but like for instance, in the gym, I still go there. Um, it's not oh, very do. practical to. Oh. I've seen people you're, try, but I feel like 
on a, like a pill or something, that's not going to... So you keep the mask on while no, you're at the gym? No, no, that's the one place I'm just like, that's if I'm going to get it, that's probably where it's going to be. <laughs> yeah. So it's just like... Uh, so, But anyway, you know, my mother-in-law posted something the other day, and um, I didn't even bother to look at it because it was some report from some doctors, some experts saying that, oh, you know, the way that you can prevent getting uh, COVID-19 is if you goggle every day. Goggle now. Before you go to bed and things like that. I'm sorry. That's the, the only thing I that's saw. That's the sort of thing that... And I was going like, People okay. spread that's not true, probably. I know, right? And But I'm not going to argue it with my mother-in-law, yeah. you know? <laughs> but um, anyway, yeah, so let's all be careful. Let's all really be cautious and yeah. really, you know, be considerate of other people and do what you wear, need wear to do. Mask, wear a please. Yeah, the, what the, the government requires good you. good things about Taiwan is that, A, the government's cautious, mm-hmm. and two, um, people do wear masks without complaining about it endlessly. Because mm. I've seen, uh, like... Uh, from my hometown. Yes. If you look at Facebook, like the local pages, oh, it's just like, oh, just put it on. Come on. It's not yeah. that hard. I know. Really, really. Okay. Well, um, let's all still be on a watchful side with this COVID-19 and everybody keeps safe and healthy. All right. Yes. And let's get to the letters. So Yeah. That'll make me less anxious. <laughs> I like reading your letters. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So anyway, we always love to hear from you. Do write us. Our address is PO Box 123-199 Taipei, Taiwan. Our email address is rti at rti.org.tw. And you can always reach us on Facebook and find us on YouTube as well. All right. The first letter I have is a letter that was mailed to us from Mikio Kohara of um, Osaka, Japan. And uh, it looks like he listened in on July 27th at 9405 kilohertz. Simple rating was anywhere from 35333 to 35222. And then um, he listened to the news. Well, of course, this has been a while, but it said about new imported four cases of coronavirus and a platform to discuss a possibility of constitutional reform. Thai power would not adjust peak power consumption forecast for the summer. Taipei Zoo's baby panda one month old and also about new Taipei City daycare center smart technology for the elder and uh, for the elderly and their family. And then here in Taiwan, talk about the Taipei Zoo's baby panda. Uh, nickname Roro or Roro. We still haven't figured out which one it is yet. People yeah. are going to vote on it. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, people are still voting, I think, right? Um, is it the deadline yet? has it? The 7th. I think it just ended. Okay. Am I right? I don't know. I, I might be wrong. We may have missed our opportunity so we to vote. Could That's okay, be, though. Yeah. So maybe we'll be hearing the latest about what is uh, the baby's official name. Um, about Taiwanese Fruits and Food, Taipei Water Museum, high tech aircraft research at the university, and about the West Coast Islands. Okay, then uh, he said, I listened to the broadcast RTI after a long time since March. This July month, this is the July's monthly report. Recently, the reception condition is not so good at 15320 kilohertz. So that's why he listened to 9405 instead. In the first half, I managed to understand, but the noise gradually increased and became bad. Well, I'm really sorry that the uh, yeah, reception condition is not too good in both. Um, it's been raining in Osaka, and I can't go out. Recently, there is a tendency for a large amount of rain to fall at once. And this rainy season, rivers flooded in Kumamoto. Flooding a lot of places. Yeah, and Kyushu causing more than more people to die. Um, the number of corona-infected persons is also increasing, but most of them are in their 20s to the 30s who, are, who have mild symptoms or asymptomatic, and they spread the infection further by using restaurants, etc., without realizing that they are infected. The government now recommends go to travel and domestic tour. If people do not travel even a little bit, the tourism 
oh, it will affect the tourism industry, including travel agencies, um, hotels, souvenir shops, etc., etc. But anyway, thank you so much for your details. That was Mikio Kohara of Osaka, Japan. We have a letter here from Brian Newell, who's writing to us from Logansport, Indiana, in the U.S. Uh, it says, Dear RTI, your interview with Digital Minister Audrey Tong was awesome. Her words of advice, don't panic, and there was a crack in everything, and that's how the light gets in, brought comfort to me. Is that second one? I've I, I've heard a lot of people repeat that. Is that her yes, yes, phrase? That, yeah, yeah. That's really beautiful. <laughs> okay, and also says I so I so appreciated the rumor the humor over rumor approach that she shared and her practice of radical transparency, where she publicly posts everything in writing before taking ideas to the cabinet, and then she publishes transcripts of every meeting. I am grateful that Audrey took the time to stop by RTI and grateful for your memorable interview with her. May Taiwan continue to lead in the sustainable and inclusive use of technology for the betterment of all. That was really cool. I know. I, I wish I was here was to a, meet her. I, was I wasn't in that day. a real VIP moment. Yeah. We don't get that very often. No, we don't. Yeah. <laughs> if we do, it's usually like by phone or something. It's. Uh-huh. It was really nice. Yeah. Um, and she was in like the BBC too. So very uh-huh. busy media <laughs> <laughs> schedule there. Um. There's a stack of reports here about our broadcasts from July 25th to 31st. Um, so some of the items that he heard were uh, an episode of In the Spotlight, where you talked about Art Zoo World, mm-hmm. uh, inflatable art. Mm. Um, there was also an episode of On the Line, where Carlson uh, interviewed the CEO of World Vision Taiwan, which was founded in 1964. Um, there was an episode of Jukebox Republic where you discussed a hiking trip you took to uh, Guan Yu in Miaoli. Okay. Let's see, an episode of Here in Taiwan, where you guys talked about a, a real estate agent who got her start when her parents bought a haunted house. Ooh. Oh, <laughs> and Leslie's middle school hit rev- reminiscences <laughs> in an episode of Just the Classics that he recently hosted. So that comes to us once again uh, from Brian Newell of Logansport, Indiana in the U.S. Okay, um, I've got a short note here from Eddie Setiawan of Indonesia. Um, actually, it's a, a thing that he put together saying... Congratulations, 92 years, RTI Radio Town International. Man, we just... I remember when it was 85 years. <laughs> How did this happen? I know. Wow, you've been here. Well, that means... A while. Uh, <laughs> wow, okay. Um, yes, we just celebrated... Um, our 92nd, our birthday. 92nd birthday. I believe August 1st. Yeah, that's the official date. So thank you very much. Oh, wow. Yes, it's 92 years old, this radio station. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Fortunately, yeah. our equipment is not 92 years old. <laughs> but some can be pretty old. <laughs> mm. Yeah. And also put in our like history file room, you know, these old, I don't know, machinery and stuff, you know, oh. councils and all that. You know, one time I found this article that was written in, I think, the predecessor of... What's that magazine called? Taiwan Panorama? Yes. And it was about our station, but it was in, it was from like the 80s. Mm. And it was like t- talking about how they had like these reel-to-reel machines. I'm like, we actually still have a few of we, them we lying do, around. Do. But yeah. I don't think anyone uses them. No, no, no. I can't just... imagine like editing programs before a computer. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> a little aside there. Right, right. Okay, so that was again from Eddie Setiawan of Indonesia. We've got two letters here from Roger Tidy, who's writing to us from the UK. Uh, 
it, the first is a, a, our first his first report on our July broadcasts. It says, hello again. Since I last wrote to you, much has changed in the UK regarding the COVID-19 epidemic. All types of shops are now allowed to open, and so are restaurants and pubs. However, the virus is still with us, and there is still a disturbing number of people who are dying each day or becoming infected. There are also disquieting signs of a second wave of the epidemic in a number of our West European neighbors, as well as newly erupting hotspots for the virus in certain parts of the UK, which have necessitated the reimposition of restrictions on a local basis. Turning now to my latest report, the following comments are about your programs of July 30th, and I'm pleased to be able to tell you that your internet audio was excellent. Uh, under the comments, it says the most enjoyable part of today's broadcast was here in Taiwan, which covered seven different topics. The first item dealt with a dangerous, disused building that people like to use as a place to take selfies. I found this, I found this item rather vague and don't think it merited pride of place in the program. However, having said that, I enjoyed the next item, which was about a new English-language book about Taiwan that has recently been published by a Taiwanese publisher under the confusing title of Taiwan in 100 Books, which left me wondering how 100 books can be squeezed into one volume. <laughs> I have checked out this title on Amazon UK, but although it is listed, it is currently out of stock. The third item in here in Taiwan was also interesting, reporting that Taiwan's Ministry of Education is going to recruit more native English speakers as part of its program to make Taiwan bilingual by 2030. I also enjoyed your item about a school in Taiwan that has sent its students on a round Taiwan sailing trip to teach them the rudiments of seamanship. The final item in today's show concentrated on the disturbing prevalence of plagiarism in university theses, noting that a candidate in a recent by-election had allegedly plagiarized 96% of her work. Yes. Yes. That's the Kaohsiung uh, yeah. scandal. Mm -hmm. I was not particularly interested in Hashtag Taiwan, which was the next program in today's schedule, but I thought that Taiwan Explained was interesting. The subject of this edition was revenge tourism, which apparently refers to Taiwanese people holidaying at home. This reminds me of the ugly new word staycation that the media has created here in the UK to describe the practice of British people staying in the UK for their holidays instead of going abroad. The last item on today's broadcasting menu was In the Spotlight, featuring the founder of Art Zoo World, Nancy Xie. Mm -hmm. It was revealed during her interview that she had spent two years studying event management at London's Metropolitan University, and that she has also studied in South Africa and Australia. That's, that, that's right. Varied... Uh, Yes. Student career there. I know. Uh, much of her interview was concerned concerned the Fresh Taiwan project and the promotion of Taiwan abroad. Shirley asked her whether Taiwan's creative community should concentrate more on learning English, and Nancy made the interesting comment that Taiwan, which has many representative offices, offices abroad, could do more to promote itself in foreign countries. Mm. That's all for now. Further reports will follow in the next couple of days. Uh, we have another one, though. It's a... Uh, it says, hello again. Here is my second report for July, which concerns your broadcast of July 28th. Uh, this was a, a here in Taiwan and status update. It says, today's edition of Here in Taiwan was excellent, with lots of fascinating items and a great rapport between the three hosts, led by Andrew. The lead story in the show was the visit of Taiwan's digital minister to RTI, who made a very favorable impression on Andrew and Leslie when they met her. I also like the item on the Taiwan government's power lottery, which no one has won for the last 47 draws and has now reached a record high for its top prize. This reminded me of the UK's national lottery, which I do every week, and from which I have won a small amount of money on several occasions. Some people think that playing the lottery is a foolish waste of money. However, as the promoters of the UK lottery say in their advertising, you have to be in it to win it. 
Today's broadcast ended, as always on Tuesdays, with Status Update, which opened with John talking about his recent visit to a market selling a variety of food and drink from food trucks. Following that, John and Shirley read from the recent letters or emails of three listeners, including a U.S. listener whose comments sparked a conversation about a Taiwanese volcano. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. More things to be anxious about. <laughs> uh, your internet audio was good throughout the broadcast. I'm going on holiday tomorrow. If I don't have time to send you my third report for July before I go, I will do so when I return. Best wishes, Roger Tidy. Well, thank Great. you so much for your letters. Yes, thank you so much. And that ends today's uh, status update. Thank you so much for your letters. But we still want to hear from you, so do write us. Our address is PO Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Our email address is rti at rti.org.tw. And please do remember to leave us a comment on Facebook and on YouTube. Right. Until next week, I'm Shirley Lin. I'm John Van Trieste. Goodbye. Bye for now. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw for the latest news and features from Taiwan. You can also listen to our programs and watch videos as well. Our 60-minute English language program can also be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia, from 1600 to 1700 UTC, on 9405 kHz. Again, that's in southern China and South Asia, from 1600 to 1700 UTC, on 9405 kHz. And in Southeast Asia, from 0300 to 0400 UTC, on 15320 kHz. Again, that's in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Again, that's P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Or send an email to rti at rti.org.tw. Again, that's rti at rti.org.tw. Also visit us on Facebook. The address is fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International for videos, photos, and news of interest from Taiwan. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International. <laughs> 